here today. Again, just welcome all of you, every one of you. Some of you I've seen before, but I know we have lots of guests today. And we just want you to know that you're welcome here. We hope you stay with us and break bread with us here a little later. I, several weeks ago, the Lord laid this message on my heart beyond the church walls. You know, I'm thankful that we have this place to assemble, aren't you? Amen. And there are some walls here uh, for different reasons. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But, you know, really what happens outside these walls is so important, isn't it? That's a true picture of the church. So what is a wall? Here's a, here's a definition. It's a solid structure built to enclose, divide, shut off, or protect a space. Why do we build them? To keep out the elements. How many like air conditioning? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. I got some folks on that. Uh, to ensure privacy. We don't want just anybody and everybody walking into our house, do we? And you, you ladies will appreciate this last one uh, to hang pictures on. <laughs> Amen. Right. We need, we need walls to hang pictures on. So, you know, it, as we look back in history, though, there were a lot, there's been a lot of walls built. One that comes to mind is the Great Wall of China. I've never stood there and looked at this wall, but it is some 4,000 plus, 4,163 miles long. And it's been there for over 2,000 years, and it was built there to keep out invading armies. It's a, you know, kind of stands there as a symbol of people's desire to be safe from harm. You know, more recently in my generation was the Berlin Wall. Anybody ever heard of the Berlin Wall? We know that, you know, back in 1944-45, Russia was coming in from one direction. We, the Allied troops, were coming in from a, another direction uh, to free the Ger Germany from its oppressive rulership. And eventually, uh, they kind of divided Berlin. There was West Berlin and East Berlin, and so they had to build a wall because it's actually, here's a true picture, you would say, of socialism versus capitalism. And they were being oppressed, the east side was, by the, by the Russians, and some three million of them uh, left East Berlin and went over to West Berlin. So the only way they could keep people over there on the socialism side was to build a wall and keep them held over there because so many were wanting to defect over to freedom. How many like freedom? Hallelujah. Me too. The less I have of the government involved in my life, the happier I am. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're not going to get political today, I promise, okay? But uh, that, that wall was built in 1961. Of course, most of you that are alive, as, as old as I am, or maybe even a little bit younger, we remember President Reagan, do we not? What did he do? He went over there and met with Gorbachev and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And they did. And now Germany is one, gig one gigantic country instead of being divided. So that's another example of a wall. You know, we even have a wall along our southern border now in different places to protect us from letting just anybody in. Makes sense to me, right? 
You, you know, kind of like we, we have walls, as I mentioned, at our house, we have walls here and there. So we have a way to not just allow anybody and everybody to come in. So uh, we have, you know, as I said, walls around our house. We have walls here at the church. Uh, and again, I like it. I like being warm in the winter and cool in the, in the summer here. But there's something, you know, so many times we, we look at the church and think, think it's just a place to go inside and stay in there. But... I mean, you know, the true picture of the church is really 90% of it is out there, beyond the walls. Would we agree? Is it beyond the walls where we should be active and be in the true church? You know, we, we, we welcome people here of all colors, all languages, all cultures, educated, uneducated, uh, even country boys and city slickers. <laughs> we, we welcome just about anybody and everybody here at the house, don't we? And I think this church, you heard uh, Lisa a while ago and, and different ones, Pam mentioned that this is a place where we, we call it home, but it's a, it's a place uh, a family. Isn't that a true picture of the church? When one person hurts here at the house, we're concerned about them. When one person rejoices, guess what? We're going to rejoice with them. I can't help but get excited when somebody pulls up in a new car out there. Say, Pastor, Pastor, come look, man. I'm, woo, yes, hallelujah. Praise God. God is blessing you. Amen. And then when we're hurting, you know, we're laughing with them out there, but then sometimes we're crying with them as well. That's a true picture of the church. You know, the church is here for, and there's probably more reasons than this, but I have preached series on this over the years. We're here for worship. Anybody get to do some of that today? We're here for fellowship. We're fixing to get to do some of that. Uh, we're here for discipleship. That happens on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights here at our church. We have, again, we've graduated two young uh, ministers last year, and we've graduated four already this year with two more uh, coming up here in the very near future. That's discipleship, isn't it? Believe me, when they get out of this class, it's about a two-year study. They know the Word of God from uh, pretty much Genesis to Revelation. So powerful, powerful discipleship. And then this is something that has to happen outside the walls is evangelism. Should the church be evangelizing? Amen. That's a true pattern of the church. We go out and get the unchurched, bring them back to the church. Then we get them uh, you know, actively involved in the church, get them coming to church. Then we train them, disciple them. And it's just a revolving thing, is it not? Just a true picture of what should be happening here at the house and really at any church. You know, our main goal here is we want anyone and everyone to know Jesus. Is that good? I say it this way, uh, know him and make him known. Is that simple? How many can wrap your peanut brain around that this morning? Amen. Know him. I didn't mean to insult y'all today. There's, there's some smart people here in this in this place today. Amen. Know him and make him known. You know, the, the, the scripture that I love, and it's one that probably nearly everybody has memorized, if you've gone to church any at all, is John 3.16. The minute I say that, your, your mind starts rolling. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is everyone, is it not? How many? The world. Everyone. How much? Enough to lay down his life for you. 
He accepted my punishment. I was guilty. Romans 3.23 says the wages of sin is death. How many have sinned here today? Anybody besides? Okay, we've got a, we had a, got a room full of people that have sinned today. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Now you've been washed. If you've asked him into your life, you've been cleansed. Amen. You've been made brand new. Hallelujah. So uh, what, what's our part in this verse? It says what? Believe that whosoever what? Believes in him. How many believe in Jesus? Hallelujah. I'm getting y'all involved today. Hallelujah. What's the reward? Get to live forever and forever. Hallelujah. Should I be living for him here? Is that what he would like? You know, when Jesus really comes into your life, you want to live for him. Do you not? Do you slip up from time to time? Does the flesh try to rule and reign sometime? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> constantly knocking, trying to get back. The enemy, of course, that wars against God uh, wants you back. But I'm so thankful today uh, for Jesus. He gives me the power and the Holy Spirit, amen, to, to live for him. You know, verse 17 in the Amplified, right under John 3.16. Sometimes we know John 3.16, but let's look at a couple of verses here below this. For God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge or to reject or to condemn or to pass sentence on the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. I've met people in life that thought God was out to get them. You know, I mess. they'd heard something about, you know, perhaps old-time religion or something. Well, you can't do this, you don't do that, can't go there, don't do that, don't wear that, don't touch that, don't look at that. You know, and they're just like, man, I can never measure up. God doesn't love me. I mess up. I want to let you know today you're in the right place because that, that kind of teaching is wrong. God loves you, and he cares about you, and he has a great plan for your life. Amen? Oh, once you experience it and once you welcome him into your life and, and he really be, takes up residence, so you'll never, ever be the same again. He didn't come to condemn or reject. He makes it very, very clear here, doesn't he? Verse 17, I didn't come to do that. And then, and you know, sometimes, though, as I mentioned, we have a hard time wrestling with the flesh. Verse number 20, a little bit lower here. Let's look at that. We're not going to. Spend a lot of time here. For every wrongdoer hates, he loathes, or he detests the light. Who is the light? Jesus. Capital letter, right? And will not come out into the light, but shrinks from it. Lest his works, his deeds, his activities, his conduct be exposed and reproved. You know, people that are kind of living on the fence can I say it that way they don't like the light they're afraid their sins will be exposed you know if you're living for Jesus you shouldn't be offended when he reveals something in your life that needs to change so many people get so easily offended now and you know there's a difference in being offended and being convicted big difference big difference you know when I do something wrong and I know I'm doing I don't argue with God there's no need to 
He's always going to win. It's going to be his way either now or later. Amen? So I've learned to just surrender and say, Lord, I messed up. That convicting power of the Holy Spirit moves in my life, and I have to repent. Say, Lord, sanctify me, cleanse me, wash me. Thank you. Thank you for being in my life to show me. Amen? When I've done wrong, because I want to live for you. I want to be the best David Christensen I can be for God. Amen? How about you? Anybody? You want to be the best person that you can be. But, you know, uh, when that happens in our life, you know, our sin confronts us. Then we decide what to do with it. Once the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, he's going to confront it. It's going to happen. You're going to have to look at it. And then you decide what to, to do with it. You know, and, and the greatest, I believe, wall that sin has erected was the wall between us and God. Sin separates man from God. We needed a bridge, didn't we? We needed a way to him. Because sin separates man from God. And Jesus, well, God said, I've got a plan. I'll lay down my son's life. Amen? I'll give my son as a sacrifice for the sins of all of humanity instead of going back under the old law and offering up all the bullocks and the pigeons and the doves and, and all of this stuff I'll just send my very best I'll send Jesus my only son into the world to save the world I'm glad for Jesus aren't you I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that convicts me hallelujah and, and shows me the true place to be in life hallelujah you know I've, I've noticed something in 50 years of ministry now, the more often you go to church, the more of a disciple of Christ you are. And again, church, the name on the door, the church building itself does not save you. I want to make that very clear. But people that really come and are hungry and thirst after righteousness, they are the ones I see God using and moving. This church is a prime example. The ones that come quite a bit here, they're going into ministries. There's two new ministries being started this, this, just in the very near future. They're, they're into the Word of God. They're hungry. And they come. So it's not just coming to church, you know, once or twice a year and doing the, I call it the nod to God. It's more than that. Amen. It's living for Him and it's hungering and thirsting after Him and saying, God, I want more of you in my life. I need you. I want you in my life. I love you. And that's a relationship there, isn't it? That's not just a nod. That's a relationship. So I've observed, again, that, that those that, that, you know, are really hungry and thirsty, you know, the beatitude is really, really true. Matthew 5, blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For what? There you go. Some got it. They'll be filled. Amen. They will be Field. Hallelujah. You know, you may be, quote, in the church, but is the church in you? <laughs> That's, that'll preach, won't it? You may be, quote, there's a lot of people that can be pew warmers, but it's more important. I, I want to be involved. I want to be right in the middle of it, going out beyond the walls. Come in, get refreshed, get, get, whoops, get stirred up, get challenged, and then go out. Amen? Beyond the church walls. Hallelujah. And let the Lord use me. Okay, we're finally getting to my text here. Y'all ready? <laughs> Hallelujah. Guy goes, man, <laughs> it's not going to be that long, I promise, okay? Don't, don't, don't 
Don't worry here. If, well, it could be. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 11 in the message. Anybody like the message? Sometimes it's kind of more, uh, yeah, I know Bev does. She's back there. I can hear uh, Ephesians 2, 11. But don't take any of this for granted. It was only yesterday that you outsiders to God's ways had no idea of any of this. You didn't know the first thing about the way God works. Hadn't the faintest idea of Christ. You knew nothing. Everybody say nothing. Of that rich history of God's covenants and promises in Israel. Hadn't a clue about what God was doing in the world at large. Now because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it all together are in, our, are in on everything. Woo! The Messiah has made things up between us so that we're now, now together on this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall. Everybody, let's say that. He tore down the wall. And we used to keep each other at a distance. He repeated the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being. Say, that's me. That's me. A fresh start for everybody. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you, outsiders, and peace to us, insiders. Isn't that good stuff? Hallelujah. I'm thankful for Jesus. He brought Jew and Gentile together, didn't he? And that's really the main theme here. No one is alienated from Christ's love or his body. You know, the Jews considered the Gentiles beyond God's saving power. They kind of had that, uh, can I call it religion? Religion? You know, I've said it before from this pulpit, I despise religion. I love relationship, <laughs> but I despise religion. It, it's a terrible, nasty, nasty thing, religion. But Jesus, you know, the Jews, as it says here, they, they looked down their noses at the Gentiles and, and, and felt uh, they were beyond God's saving power. And the Gentiles resented them for this pride and, and, and false claim. You know, and then there was the circumcision versus the uncirc- uncircumcision. How, you know we were, how many of you know we were all unclean? We were all unclean. My righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. Only way to salvation is through Jesus. I can never work my way in. I can never uh, do my way. No, it's, it's all through believing. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. Ephesians 2.8. It is the gift of God. He brought Jew and Gentile together, did he not? Hallelujah. He destroyed the wall, that barrier, through his death. In fact, you know, when he died, just to kind of a, to show what was happening, remember the veil in the temple? It was rent in twain. How many know what twain is? <laughs> that's, a, that's an old uh, English word. It was rent in two, okay? Big, tall curtain, 60 feet 
tall, very thick, I think nearly a foot thick. God grabbed a hold of it with his big hands and ripped it from the top to the bottom to symbolize there's no more division. Amen? Praise God. We're all one in Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we can all have access to the Father by the Spirit. That hostility that, against, that was against each other was broken. We're no longer foreigners, as this verse said, or aliens. We're all being built into a holy temple to praise and worship God. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus, from very early on in his ministry, he preached this, did he not? He preached this, and he preached going outside the walls, did he not? Going outside and to all people. You know, he demonstrated it. You know, Samaritans didn't have anything to do with the, the Jews. He would go and minister to them. He would love the prostitute. He would love the down and out, the, the sick, uh, uh, even the dead. He'd bring them back to life. Amen? He just loved, loved, loved. And he told his disciples that. He said, that's the greatest uh, card that you can carry is to love people. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. You're right, Brother Juan, if you show that love one to another. So here's some scriptures that show that he had a plan for them to go outside the four walls. He said this in Matthew 4, verse 19. And he said unto them, follow me, and I'll make you what? Fishers of men. How many of you have been fishing lately? Amen. Patrick has, I know. Amen. Colin, man, he, uh, he just slipped out, our youth pastor. He was out knocking doors yesterday and handing out all over in Wood Run, him and some of the the young people, they're inviting people to church. Praise the Lord. Mark 6, 7, I'm hurrying. He begins to send them out two by two. He called unto them twelve and began to send them forth by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits. What's he doing? He's sending them outside the walls. Amen. Luke 10, 1. Now he's got 12 out there. He wants more. He gets 70 together. And these things the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whether he himself would come. So now he's got 82 of them out there. And how many know it's grown? <laughs> it's grown. Amen. How many of you are a fisher of men? Amen. I, I see people with the, every once in a while, it's not, not so much nowadays, but years ago, the sign of the fish. On the bumper stickers, right? And uh, that's kind of a, an old school thought there. But they're, you know, they let you know, hey, I'm fishing. I'm fishing for men and women. And the last scripture today, Mark 16, 15, he said this, Go ye into all the world, Pam or Terry mentioned it a while ago, and preach the gospel. What? To every creature. Amen. That is powerful, is it not? Do we have a homework assignment? Amen. Outside these walls. Hallelujah. You know, some thought he would just transform the, you know, the Gentiles into shape them into something like the Jews. But it made it very clear. And we're going to read that scripture again in the Amplified. We read it in the message. But there in Ephesians 2, verse 15, it says this. By abolishing in his own crucified flesh the enmity caused by the law with its decrees and ordinances which he annulled that he from the two might create in himself what? One new man. He didn't try to merge them together, did he? One new man 
one new quality of humanity out of the two, so making peace. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says it this one. If any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature, creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. You know, when I talk about this, and we're, we're, we're heading for the airport right now, okay? We're up here. We're coming, coming in, okay? Everybody... Buckle your seatbelt here, all right? We're, we're going to land this thing here in just a minute. I can see some of y'all, you've got barbecue in your eyes out there almost. You're like, <laughs> can we focus in for a minute? Just a few minutes here. All right, I love you guys. But this, you know, it talks about making things new. I preached a sermon I looked yesterday. It was back in 2013. That's been a while. I may have to preach on that again. Uh, the potter and the clay. Jeremiah 18, it talks about God sends uh, Jeremiah to the potter's house, doesn't he? To teach him a lesson, to show him something. And he noticed that as this potter was molding and making this and shaping this, this clay, the, the clay was marred in the potter's hand. It, it, there was a defect. Anybody ever felt like you were a defect? You know, I know that's one thing the enemy will try to use on people. He's used it on me in my life, I, I, different ones. I've ministered to a lot of different uh, people that just the enemy has so attacked them and, and reminded them, them of their past and their failures and all the things in their life. If you're here today and the enemy's working that, that little uh, thing on you, I want to tell you today, Jesus is not that way. He loves you. He cares so much about you. How many of you know when, when you invite Jesus into your life, your past is over? Say, it's over. It's over. Hallelujah. It's behind me. And your new life, your new person, your new creation is moving forward. So don't allow the enemy. You know, we give the enemy too much uh, space in our lives, do we not? We give him too much control, and we must stop them. He only has the power. I say this a lot here, too. He only has the power that we give to him. We allow him to have. That's all the power he has. So I've, you know, I've decided I'm not going to allow him any room in my life. Amen? We preached on it a few months ago. No place, no advantage, nothing. Zero. Nata. Put him in his place. Amen? Praise God. Give him no place in, in your life. But he, but he saw, as Jeremiah is there, he saw that the clay was marred. In the potter's hand. And so the potter picked up that same lump of clay and began to reshape it and remake it and mold it. How many's ever been on the wheel before? You, you started the journey living for Christ and some things happened in your life. The flesh man began to rule again. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you were a marred piece of clay. I had to get back. I, I went through that in my own life 20 something years ago. I had to get back on the wheel and say, Lord, mold me and make me. And shape me back into the man that you want me to be. I give up my rights. I give up my wishes. I give up my selfishness and wanting things the way I want. How I many you know you try things your way and how does that work? Make a mess. Amen. And uh, wow, it's it, it, it definitely doesn't get better, does it? It gets worse. It gets worse. You know. You know, wow, just uh, some of us got the T-shirt on that. 
when we get back on the wheel and let him get a hold of us, it's so amazing what he can make. It's so amazing. Some of y'all, I look at y'all, and I'm just your talents and your giftings, and man, I'm just uh, so proud as a pastor of what God is doing in some of our young uh, people's lives. It's just, it just, I can't tell you, really. You can ask Bev. I, I just am proud of the team that we have here going into ministry. You know, and, and I'll say this today. We find our highest purpose when we let the potter have his way with us. We can live beneath or we can live above. Amen? It's our choice. I can live down here or I can live up here in all full knowledge of God. I choose which place to live in. You know, the, the clay that's taken from the, from the ground that the potter uses is worthless until the potter gets a hold of it. That'll keep you humble, won't it? I'm worthless until the potter gets a hold of me, begins to mold me and shape me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then I find my purpose. Then I realize that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, and sometimes the clay fights against the potter, doesn't he? The clay will kind of start wobbling around on the, the thing, you know. As he's, you know, I wish I had a, a thing here. But anyway, his feet are going, his hands are going. Everything's going, right? And the clay will kind of fought, fight a little bit against the, the potter. And I think Paul even wrote a scripture about that. We, need, we have to remind ourselves, he's the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me, shape me, have your way. Hallelujah. And lastly today, we're, we're there. <laughs> Once he's molded it and shaped it and got everything just perfect. You were molded and shaped in your mother's womb. God saw your whole life in just a moment of time. Does that blow you away? Saw your whole life in a moment of time. Read Psalms 139, about eight, verse 18, 20, somewhere down in there. You'll find out. He saw your whole life. But once he's molded and shaped the clay, he then puts it in the oven. Jesus. We don't like the oven, do we? We don't like the oven, man. Ooh, I want to get my hand on that thermostat, don't you? <laughs> Let's turn that booger down a little bit here, you know? Hallelujah. And in the oven, though, is where we grow. Amen. Amen. That was a rhyme. In the oven, though, is where we grow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the oven, in the oven of trials and afflictions and and man, just on and on the list goes. That's where, as I look back over my life, that's where I've grown the most. Amen. In those seasons of life when I didn't like it that much. I was in the oven and the sweat was popping out and it was tense and it was rough. But I submitted to God. Hallelujah. He puts us there to burn out all the impurities. That's what fire does. Lisa preached a sermon on this a few months back. It burns out all the impurities and all the things in our life. And then we are a better vessel. He made it again another vessel, a better vessel. When we, come, when we get off the wheel and we get out of the fire, 
Ooh, look out, amen? Look out. We are going to do something for God, amen? How many want to do something for God? Amen. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Outside or beyond these walls, there are people that are living their own lives. And as Paul said here in this verse, if you read it in the King James, it said they were without hope. They're without God, separated from God, from God, walls built around them. You know, we must find them, I believe, and bring them in. Amen. We, have, we still have some room here at this church for more people today. Amen. And that's kind of what this service is about today, is going beyond the church walls. And, and I want us just to bow our heads uh, together this morning, just no one looking around. Please, you're not worrying about anything. You're not concerned with with any trivial thing that happened yesterday or that's going to happen later today. We're just going to zoom in on Jesus here for a moment. I just want to tell you, He loves you so much. He wants to use you. It may only be one or two people that God leads you to in your life. It may be that neighbor, that cranky neighbor across the street. It may be that person at work that just always getting on everybody's nerves. God wants to use you outside these walls. We come here to get fed and nourished and, and, and built up, and then we go out. We go out beyond these walls, and we impact lives. You are a fisher of men. You are important. There's relevance to you. There's value. You're somebody. Oh, and God loves you. I keep saying that today, but somebody needs to hear that. God loves you enough to die for you. That's how much he loves you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Lord, if there's people here today that have built up walls of unforgiveness, walls of pride, Walls of self-pity. Walls of unbelief. Walls of anger. Walls of guilt. Or even walls of fear today. Lord, I pray those walls be broken down right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, healing presence of God. Break down the walls. Break down the barriers. Lord, that keep us from doing what you've called us to do, Lord. Just sense a healing presence here today. Just slip your hands if you feel comfortable doing this. Just slip, just raise them just a little bit at least. Just, 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 if there's something in your life today, just some kind of wall that you've built up towards somebody or something, just challenge you to let it go today. Let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth all the emotional turmoil, all the mind uh, power that you're having to, to, to exercise to, to even think about that. Jesus came to give you peace. That's what this verse was about today. He broke down that wall to give you peace today. So if you're here today and you just, first of all, I want to say this. If you're here and you want to get back on the wheel. Holy Spirit has touched your heart today. You say, I need to get back on the wheel. There's some things that in my life that I, want, I need some work on. Will you just slip your hand up today? I want to pray for you in this prayer. 
Yes, there's some things in my life. There's, yes, young man here. Amen. Anybody else? Yes. There's some things in my life I need the Holy Spirit to work on. Or number two today, you're here and you'd say, I want to be more involved in fishing. I want to be more involved in witnessing and impacting people with the good news of Jesus. If that's you, hold your hand up. I do. I really do. I mean it sincerely. I want to make an impact on people's lives. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Wow. You're touching hearts here today and doing things that no man can do. The third part of the Trinity, Holy Spirit. I pray that not only right now, but even as we leave this place and even tomorrow and the next day, you will be active in people's lives, Lord, molding them and shaping them. Sometimes they may feel like the fire is too hot. But Holy Spirit, you said you, you will abide with us forever. You live, when we ask Jesus into our life, you are living inside of us. So Lord, give them the, the courage and the strength that they need to make those decisions to change, Lord God, and to be the man and the woman that you've called them to be. Lord, I pray a prayer over every one of these today, Lord, that raised their hand wanting to catch fish. Lead people to Christ. Lord, I see it. I see it. Going out, Lord, people into homes and on the byways and the highways, Lord, just by their life, witnessing and not being afraid to speak, but being bold. Lord, I believe it's time in this end time that we get bold about the things of God. So thank you for opportunities, Lord, for people today that want to be fishers of men. Lord, I thank you for those that raise their hand. They're ready to get back on the wheel, be molded and shaped. Lord, we surrender our dreams, our plans, our goals, everything, Lord, to you. And we say, mold them, shape them into the men and women you want them to be, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. As Sheila sings this song, just in your own way, maybe something we've said today has touched your heart. Just talk to God here for a moment. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. You're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. So we sing, holy no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me 
song we could ever sing. You're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. today and you would like special prayer I would be happy to pray with you maybe you're going through something in your life and you just need someone to agree with you in faith for a situation or something in your life just please make your way down here we'll have some of our prayer team and myself pray with you today we care about you and you're at the right place today you are at the right place today God can meet your need right here. If you're sick in body, God can heal you. If you're bound up and oppressed, God can deliver you and set you free by His mighty power today. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can find Him right here today. Praise the Lord. She's going to sing this again. If I can get some prayer team members to come, stand behind these.
It is done in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. My God is doing some neat things here at the altar of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Again, just uh, so glad you're here with us. If you'll just give them a few minutes, uh, we're going to have everything prepared and ready to go outside. And uh, again, so glad you came today. And uh, we really want you to stay. And uh, eat with us. We'd like to get to know you even a little better. So, God bless you. Can we go out with a shout? Let's stand up if you can. And uh, we're going to go out with a shout. Praise the Lord. One, two, three.
Praise the Lord. God bless you.